Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. So, folks, today I'm, uh, well, I'm not in my studio, and hey, I have somebody with me, so I'm not gonna, you're not going to listen to me all day. Um, we're just outside Disney Springs, and I, I, I want to say that it's our annual visit. Yeah, but we didn't much. quite do it this year, last year. With no. COVID and everything, we no. didn't do it last year. That's true. So, folks, two years ago, you might have caught us, we were by the swimming pool. You know what's interesting? <laughs> right past the camera over there, there's a swimming pool, the bikinis, and, well, guys, I'm sorry, you just can't see them. you got to look at us two guys. Life's rough. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about today? Well, maybe, maybe we should tell people who you are because maybe not everybody's seen you before. Seen me before? Especially with, with the long this hair. stuff here. Yeah. I can't grow it. Yeah, I know. That's uh, uh, residue from COVID. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let, let's catch everybody up. Sure. Hey, everybody. I'm Dr. Aaron Butchko. I'm uh, nominally a uh, professor of management at Bradley University, but in real life, I try to be someone who's more actively involved with people in organizations and try to advise them and help them make the place better. And that's kind of what I do. Wow. That was not what I expected to be so short. Anyway, um, we're going to talk about a number of different things, but we'll be right back with you in a moment. And if everything is right, we're going to talk about the Infection Prevention Master class that's coming this fall. Aaron and a few other people you might have heard from Daryl Hicks already. Uh, we're going to talk about it here in a moment. So come on back. Okay, so uh, we did a little bit of camera check here and everything, and we're good to go. We're we're actually at uh, Disney Springs at the Hilton. You know, hey, we got a nice painting behind us. We got good sound. Now you're probably going to hear the kids and everybody come from the pool, so I don't think it's going to disrupt much of anything. Uh, usually, when Aaron and I get to talking, it doesn't matter what's going on around us. No, we pretty much don't care. You know, we've talked a number of different times, Aaron, and I really appreciate the conversations that we've had. And um, let's talk to the folks about the Infection Prevention Master Program. We put it together for this fall. Okay. Now, if you don't know all the details, sorry, we're not going to tell you that right now. You just have to catch up with it. It's all over the YouTube channel and our website. So, uh, you know, Daryl Hicks was um, down here in Florida a few weeks ago. And we were talking about the fact that the master's infection prevention program is for leaders. Now, of course, if people haven't already gotten into our program, they can take the technician and the expert and be ready for the master's. But you know, one of the biggest trouble that people have when they come out of the expert class is, what do I do with this newfound knowledge with my organization, my business? You know, now, not everybody is probably not all of your building service contractors could be an in-house operation right but it's a little bit of both but i think they both struggle with the same thing you're going to be a part of the program one of the professors um this is your point of expertise so 
Let's tell them a little bit about what they might get if they come to the class. Well, let me ask you a couple uh -oh. questions first, okay? Okay. All to, right. To make sure that uh, I'm answering this the right way. All right. What are they struggling with? Well, there's two things that I hear most generally. I mean, most of the time, whenever somebody comes through the expert class, how in the world am I going to market what I've just learned because it's so totally different than what we've been doing and nobody's going to pay for what you want me to do because it's going to take more time and money. Okay. That seems to be the biggest thing. Okay. The other is I'm struggling with just marketing what I'm doing. And I always tell people, you know, I know it's a challenge, but a gentleman a long time ago told me something that I've always kind of put in front of my career. Find out what everybody else is doing and do not do it. That's a big challenge. Now, the challenge that comes along with that is if you're not doing what they're doing, and this is what we're talking about here in the master's program, we're not talking about doing what everybody's been doing or what you've been doing. We're talking about doing something that sets you so uniquely apart that now what they're left with is, what do I do? How do I work with it? Right. And, I, you know, and so what we want these leaders to come away from this master's course with is a real-world advice from the, the four professionals that are the, the speakers here to come away with real-life, real-time plans. Yep. Not that we're going to give it to them, but that we'll all work together to work through and give everybody a plan if they want to speak up. Okay. All right. Let's talk about those in sequence. Okay. okay. Shall we? Number one. Boy, this is so different from what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Why is that? Right? Why is it different? Well, because what we've been doing has worked for a long time. Right. We're comfortable with that. Yep. We know how to do it. And worse than that, we've built it into our organizational routines. It's yeah. right. So we know, okay, at this time, this person comes in and does X. And we've got a way of being able to, we think, manage that because we're striving for consistency. Well, back to manage. We're talking about right. we're managing something that we, right. we're not really sure or we even know that it works because we're not checking that. So what we're telling people is you gotta, you got to verify the outcome. And they're going, I never have done that. Well, okay. So let's, let's change the conversation for a moment. Okay. Okay. Why, now that you've become, you've gone through the technician, gone through the expert program, right? you know not only how to clean, you know how to do infection prevention. Why do you want the organization to do this? And that's the big question that we rarely ask in organization or in management life is why. We don't like to ask why, okay? Because that makes us think. Why do you want to do this? Now, typically, if we're going to be honest, the reason we want to do this is because we think that there is a problem of some type. Now, let me define this in the broadest possible sense. A problem, the difference between the current state and a desired future state. That's a problem. So here's where we are today. Here's where we think we should be. That's a problem. And so it begins by getting people to understand What's the problem? Because I don't see a problem. I have no reason to change what I'm doing, right? As long as what I'm doing right now, the current state is satisfactory, there's no reason for me to change. 
but these are leaders that are coming to this, so they're there to lead people to something different. Or, and I think this is what Daryl kept saying, he says, we're not looking for managers in this class. Right. That was the expert class. You're right. managing something that you're already doing with a few little changes. Right. The, the, the masters is people that want to lead and, and do what you're talking about. Take it from where we are today to get to there, but that also brings in a lot of managerial issues with the status quo. But you and I have talked before about the difference between leadership and management. Yes. Difference between leadership and management. Leadership, by definition, moves people in new directions. That's the one thing right. that's common to all leaders. Right. right. We're going to take you in a new direction that you've not otherwise gone. Here's where I am today, and in my perception, everything's working fine. Why do I need to change? Because recognize, as soon as you establish that there is a problem, then that means I got to go back and I got to change all of the routines and all of the subsystems that are supporting the status quo. That's a big deal. Right. That's a big investment. Right? Okay. Change so, usually is an investment. Okay. Here's where we are. Here's where we need to be. There's a problem. Now, how do I get there? And what, what I'd like to to get people to start thinking about from, from a leadership perspective is change the language, right? You asked a question as we were talking about this. You said, well, how do you market this? How do you explain to people? Well, here's the problem with traditional marketing. Uh -oh. Traditional marketing starts with what we do. And so we take what we do and then we say, well, let's go out and let's identify some needs and wants and then let's show people how we can align what we do with their needs and wants. Except, I got bad news for you. All right, you ready for this one? Yeah. Nobody needs to clean a facility. No. This isn't like... this. Nobody isn't wants like, to do what I'm telling them to do. This is, well, but think of it even deeper. This isn't like, you know, food, air, water, clothing, and shelter. No, nobody's born... Now think about this for just a moment. Right. Nobody's born saying... You know, I think I really need to clean this place. As a matter of fact, any of us who've had college kids know that the natural human condition <laughs> is to see how much slop and filth we can actually live in for some period of time. I think there's sort of a, a challenge going on out there to see, you know, well, how, how unsanitary can we make this and still claim to be having a life? So, I mean, that, that, this is not something that comes natural. I, I can only tell you that I experienced it because I've been in the cleaning business since before I went to junior high. So yeah. I've been, I didn't know that, but now the rest of my siblings, well, yeah, that's exactly the way they did, and some still do live. Okay. Sorry. All right. So nobody needs, this isn't something we were born no, needing. I agree. I agree. Okay. Yes. So then why do we clean the building? Now, you've talked about it before, right? Right. Save lives. Right. I'm all about the why. So, hey, you're talking my game. All right. Why does that matter? And what you have to understand is... If nobody needs this, then trying to go on the traditional approach and say, well, let's talk about needs and wants is doomed to failure. But you're never going to get people to change and separate if you talk about basic needs and wants, because at the end of the day, I don't need this. But I think that this is a, this is a perfect time for this master's class by what you're saying, because even as of this week, as we're recording this, there are some new surveys that just came out that said that people are not going to live with what they've been getting when it comes to this. 
they're not going to accept if they go to a restaurant that the dust can hang from the ceiling fan anymore. Yeah. And so I think that need is maybe not what you're talking in here born with need, but now it's becoming a social need. I mean, look at the mass controversy. Oh, I know. I mean, you know, we're talking know. about, we talk I think we're in, we're in one of the best times for this kind of a change though. We would, are. Would you agree? We are. Okay. But why? Okay. And, and let me sort of set the theoretical if I can. Yeah, I'm, a well, that's what you're here I'm a professor, right? That's I got to, I got to do that at some point. Sure. Okay. Theoretical frame. We don't buy products or services to meet a need. We hire them to do a job. What's the job the organization's hiring you to do? And anytime that job changes, the product or the service that we provide has to change. Now let's think about this in a couple of different ways, all right? First of all, today as we're sitting here, Home Depot will probably sell a thousand quarter-inch drill bits. Oh, we're going to go back to that. Okay, right? Folks, you haven't heard this. I have, but that's all right. They're going to sell a thousand quarter-inch drill bits. Nobody needs a quarter-inch drill bit. No. Nobody. What do they need? They need a quarter-inch hole. They need a quarter-inch hole. Maybe. Why do they need a quarter-inch hole? Well, I need to hang that picture, and I need to put something in the wall to, to do that with. Okay. So why do you need to hang a picture on the wall? Because I want to. Okay. Well, because my wife told me to put it up there. <laughs> or, right, because because that's going to make a statement about the type of person that I think Absolutely I am. Or the, person, or, or the classic one that I love is the one where they talk about, well, why do you need a quarter-inch hole? Well, i got to put a light socket in it. Why well, i got to put a light socket in it? Because I, I need a lamp. Why do you need a lamp? Because I want to be able to read. I got a better idea. Let's what? invent a Kindle. Take the light with you and you can read anyway. Right. Okay? Yeah. That's innovation. Correct. All right. But that's where you start with this. Oh, so now, now you've led me to the electrostatic sprayer now, right? Uh, yeah, I, I'm walking you right in. You you, you, you just walking me right in. I'm walking you right in. Okay. What's the job they're hiring you? What has happened, thanks to COVID, is the job that people are asking us to do has changed. When you and I first The job they're really asking me to do now is to make them feel good about what their environment is. There you go. And this is to the point. And, and um, my wife and I had just celebrated our 23rd anniversary last week. We went to Bonefish. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of your more upscale yep. uh, seafood restaurants here in Florida, uh, which I go to maybe once every year. Maybe that's what happens at anniversary time, right? Yeah. No, anyway. That's why it's an anniversary. Right, yeah. <laughs> And, and I look up and I notice there's these light sconces hanging here and they're black, the white, yellow light like we have here. And I see the dust. Yeah. That's something I do everywhere. This oh, has yeah. been my life. This is what sure. I do. I can't go anywhere without seeing it. What I've learned not to do is to point it out all the time. Right. Well, that's good, probably. You know, you yeah, know it, it makes the anniversary out of place. It makes yeah. the anniversary go a little bit better, right? <laughs> and and so I, I notice it. I don't say anything. But what's so interesting is on the other side of the um, partition wall, whatever. The lady says to her husband, "I'm not so sure that we need to be eating here." And he says, "Why? What's wrong?" He says, "She said. She said, 
you see the dust that's hanging from that light up there? If that's hanging from that, I don't know about the rest of the place. And they got up and walked up. And I think that's exactly evident of where we are. So I think for these people that are taking this master, that are leaders that are going to move their organizations, as you said, the first thing is, is as they went through the technician expert, they recognized that their starting place now needs to change. Correct. Because I've moved that, I moved that bar for them. Right. Uh, well, let's see. I, I didn't move it. They're moving it. I've right. just given them the reasons to move it if they choose to. So if they come to the masters, they've already agreed that they've got to move from where they're at to this. Right. Now the thing is, is how do I match what I've learned to this new, this new uh, acceptance of what the new reality of cleaning in our world is going to be? Because it has changed yes. forever. Yes. Where it has wound up, we're not there yet. But we no. now have people that are going to come to this master's program that have the ability, should they want to step up, to say where it's going to stop and be the ones that are going to mandate that. Now, am I going too far? Oh, no, I don't think you're going too far. Not at all. Um, okay, let's, let's walk through this, okay? So, for years... We're going to be honest, right? For years, we were willing to tolerate the dust. Okay. Yes. We were willing to tolerate a lot. At all costs. Yeah, we were willing to tolerate a lot in our environment because we felt, okay, the cost of getting it cleaner wouldn't be justified in terms of what we could get for the additional expense of doing that. Back to the perception that it wasn't necessary and needed, so right. I spend more money or time at it, and so we just kept losing money and budget. Okay. So let's, let's kind of walk back through sort of the stages, if you will. First stage. Well, I want it to be clean. Why do you want it to be clean? Because I want it to look pretty. Why do I want it to look pretty? Well, because it says something about my brand. It says something about my image. You know, we're, we're across from Disney Springs where Walt Disney made sure that the garbage cans are all 30 feet apart because he did a study and he realized that people wouldn't walk more than 30 pieces before they dropped a piece of garbage. Right? So we want it to look pretty. We get that. Right. Right? Got it. Then Dave comes along with the Academy for Cleaning Excellence, and he says, no, now it's a matter of saving lives. Prevents slips and falls, prevents injuries, prevents lost time, cleanliness equals hygiene, right? Right, we move the bar. And that's been an uphill battle. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You're, you've been pushing that boulder, right? But that's, but that's the point, is, and I think you said it exactly right. I've never been telling people, they say, well, I'm doing it wrong. I said, I didn't tell you that. I didn't say you were doing it wrong. All I'm trying to get you to do is realize that there is a higher level. There's another place to move to. Right. And that's what we're talking about. This master program is moving correct further. So what, what has happened? Now all of a sudden COVID comes along and <laughs> it, it, it went from here completely off the charts. Our chart. sensitivity to this issue is exact. You're exactly right. It's off the charts, right? Now we're looking at it and, and we're concerned if we don't see that. Right? If we walk into a restaurant and we're waiting for a table and I see the people get up and leave that table and that's going to be our table and somebody doesn't come over and wipe that table down, I'm probably going to do the walkout. But we're right? also now, now here's the other part of that too, is we're not also concerned about they wipe the table down. And the seats. And the, but we want to know 
how they did it, and we want to see that they did right. it. We don't want Correct. to just hear that they did it. Correct. We don't want to see a label on the table that said Correct. that they did it because here's the other side of this. And of course, I'm I'm on this side, and I can't I can't live on the objective side of this really a whole lot, folks. But so pardon me. I see everything. Yep. But the the table says on there at a restaurant sanitized. Yeah. Which you know I'm not going to tell you one way or the other. But what does the lady do? She comes in with her two-year-old and stands him on the label right there on the table. Right. And then he sits his dirty on it <laughs> right on the table. Right. Now, how many times did that happen between the time it got done and the time you now got to the table that they're going to let you have? Right. See, this is the whole thing. We're looking at everything now. Correct. Because I wasn't the only one that saw it. Like I said, I've learned not to say anything. Okay. But I, I saw it, and, and the thing is, is the lady behind us elbowed her husband and bumped him into my wife, and he was like, what was that for? She says, did you see that kid on that table? And I just looked at my wife, and she says, don't you say a thing. Don't you say anything. <laughs> but you see, that this is this is it. You're, you're seeing people recognize. All right. So this is why I'm fired up about this. Okay. So... I hate to use restaurants. Clean. I hate using restaurants, folks. It's the, yeah, nobody's going to want to go eat at a restaurant. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like but, but I mean, this is where I'm seeing the social. Clean, pretty, presentable. That's a social issue, right? Clean what? Clean, pretty, presentable. That was more the social need that we okay. were trying to address. All we right. want people to see our lovely lobby here at the Hilton Hotel, and it's clean and it's pretty because that's the Hilton brand, and that's what we're trying to convey. So that's the social element. Of it. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. all right. Okay. Then there's what I sort of would say was kind of the emotional aspect to it, which was, well, it feels good to know that I'm living, eating, working in a clean space. It feels good to know that the company is thinking about my health, thinking about my, my safety, right? We get all that. What we've done is we moved it absolutely to a functional area, and, and here's the way I would liken this. Hospitals have been doing this for a long time, right? Why have hospitals been more concerned about this than a hotel lobby, than a restaurant, or something like that? Because they've got somebody in that hospital called infectious disease who's watching out for this. <laughs> and by the way, if people come into the hospital and they get an infectious disease, it costs me money. So we have somebody in the hospital to do that. What COVID has done is it has created simultaneously 200 million or more infectious disease control specialists. Because now we walk into a public space and we're concerned about infectious disease. You know, I hadn't really thought of it Down that here, it was down here, somewhere on the radar screen, and we worried about it when we went to the hospital because we all knew somebody who'd gotten MRSA we didn't think about or something like time. that. But we didn't think about that when we were out in public. Now suddenly we've created 200 million infectious disease control experts that are looking at every public space that they occupy and they're saying, I want to know that that's safe from infectious disease because I'm going to occupy that space and it better be right. What we've done is we have changed the job that we're asking people to do. And when the job changes, everything else has to change. So for the leaders out there, you can get an idea here real quick. This is just a little short conversation that Aaron and I are having, and if you, I mean, if you think that this is fun, then we encourage you to come, because this is what the infection prevention expert led you to. 
but the Masters is going to go further because we're going to have a series of about four days where each one of the speakers will have a whole afternoon to talk live with you. Now, we're going to set this up as a kind of a town hall session first. So what you're asking me to do is right now, you're challenged with these things because we've taught you through the technician and the expert. Now, after you've learned that, you're probably sitting here trying to implement some of those things. I've heard from some of you already, and you're going, this is I can't do. I just heard from a lady just this week. This is the exact same thing. What do I do? How do I do this? How am I going to market this new idea? Well, we want you to put that situation together and send it to us ahead so that our experts on the panel can look at these and we'll have a little town hall deal where they can kind of give their viewpoint in their different disciplines. There's going to be four of them. And then you're going to be able to come into a live session where everybody that's in the class remotely can talk and we'll probably have people from all over the world. And what they can do is then we'll take that session or we'll take another one or we'll take one that just popped up that day and we'll have the experts talk live to you. And at the end of this, instead of like most of these webinar type things where you listen to it for a day or whatever, and then you come out going, okay, so now what do I do? We want you to come out of this master's with a starting place. I'm not going to say any place because it doesn't ever end. No. That's true. But they'll at least come out with a starting place. Um, Aaron's going to be on here because of the mastery of thinking. One of the things that got us going is the one single word that is most used or that is used by a three-year-old child all the time. Why? We want you to come to the master's class and learn why. And this is what you're talking about today. Oh, sure. Sure. Because that's, you got to understand what drives behavior. Okay. And if you're in a leadership role and you're trying to figure out how do I get people to do something, what you're talking about is behavior. You're talking about behavioral change. Well, people just don't wake up in the morning and say, I think I'll change my behavior. <laughs> right? There's something underneath it. There's something driving it. There's some kind of motivational force. The most powerful motivational force in the world is this notion of a problem. Here's where I am. Here's where I want to be. There's a difference between my current and my desired future state. How do I, how do I close that gap? It's what gets people to go to college and get a degree. It's what gets people to go to work and get a job. It's what gets people to pursue a sport. It, whatever it happens to be, that's what does it, right? It changes. I, here's where I am. Here's where I want to be. And that's what drives the behavior, right? So there's, there's this underlying, this causal why. Now, we've got to get into the problem. We've got to understand the problem that's driving. When I talk about 200 million infectious disease control experts, I say, now think about this, right? Wow. Think about what's happened. I can find students at the university. I got it within my own family where we'll be sitting around having a conversation and we'll be talking about COVID because it's on people's minds. And somebody will say something like, um, oh, yeah, I just saw a thing on the Internet, though, that they said, you know, if it's on surfaces for more than 20 minutes, don't worry about it because it, it can't survive on surfaces for more than 20 minutes. You've got lay people that are looking at scientific <laughs> studies about infection control 
that once upon a time was the province of one doctor in the hospital who had his degree in infectious diseases, and that's all we list. Everybody knows, whether you agree with him or not, everybody knows who Anthony Fauci is. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah He's a absolutely. media star. He's a media rock star. Yeah. Everybody's paying attention. What's happened? It's changed the conversation. And so now when we go to a restaurant... Everybody's a Fauci now. Now when we walk through a lobby, right? We're talking about this stuff. Sure. Something yeah. that was totally off our radar screen. And now you've got 200 million people that are thinking about infectious disease control. Or more. It's so, probably more so, than so that. The th so the question here then is, how are we going to change our message to deal with their new need and want? How are we going to, how are we going to fit their go. new desire? And what we're going to do is we're going to go back and we're going to talk to them about the jobs and we're going to say, look, here's the problem. We always start with where we are. This is but this. do people really know where they're at? Oh, they know where they're at. They know what they're doing right now. They know the current state. They know that what they don't really understand is the desired future state. And the reason we don't understand the desired future state is because we're locked here into our own current state. Right? We're so busy taking care of today that we yes. don't think about yes. next year. And so what you have to do to change the conversation is you have to get on the other side of the table. One of the biggest things that I've come across in what I refer to as this jobs-to-be-done approach is they call it the wall. And if you think about most people and most of what we do in organization life, there's this wall between the person who provides the product or the service and the person who consumes it. Now, hmm. now any of you can okay. think about this. Anybody can know, think I'm, about I, this. I haven't heard of that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all think all about right. it. Right? Easy. Easy. Okay. Easy to illustrate. Okay. Right? okay. All right. How many times have you been using a product? How many times have you been driving a car? How many times have you been using a piece of computer software and you've said, why can't somebody figure out a way to do X? All right. All right. Okay. So what does I'm that tell you? All right. Now, does that mean that these companies don't have new product development specialists? They don't have the ability? No. no. They got the people. They got the specialists. They got, they, right? they, got, they got people who are supposed to be thinking all the time about how do we make a better product? How do we make a better widget? How do we provide a better service? Okay. So then why aren't they? Because they're thinking about it from their perspective. How do we? Not, Meanwhile, not, over not here is the consumer who's sitting there saying, why can't somebody, and you know what the problem is? There's a wall between them and they're not talking to Not each other. listen to the person saying, I can't. That's correct. Or why? why so what you do is you get on the other side of the wall. You spend time over in the other person's, on the user's side, the consumer side of the table, and you say, what is it that you really want here? Well, you know what I really want? I want customers to be able to come into my restaurant and feel safe. Okay, so you've just given me a whole new thing here because in my job bidding class, we always, I always talk about there, I've got it in black, and, well, green and white actually. Um, if you're bidding a job, everybody else is bidding the needs, and that's right. where you lose money. That's right. If you want to make money in our business, you need to find out the wants because a customer will pay for the wants and not the needs. Correct. Because the way I the way I phrase it is, if they're putting out a bid, it's for their needs, and they're going to bid you down to the lowest dollar, and all you're doing is fighting each other. Right. See who's going to, you know, make the sure. best money. But I always say, if you find out what the wants are, then you you make your paycheck. And so what you're saying here is when we take the masters, this is all about finding out what the wants are 
identifying those wants and then building a program to those wants that the customer doesn't even really know themselves at this point. In many cases, they don't. By the way, that's true. In many cases, they don't know what they want. They just Because know. this is a flexible thing right now. What they know is someone's not giving it to them. That's what they know. Well, they, 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 they're, they're now an infectious disease expert without the credentials, and so this is going to wane. And so they know, though, because of that, they know that there's dust. They and don't know what that really means. And they're expanding that in their mind to think, hey, maybe there's a problem back there in the kitchen. Do we want to eat here? Right. Right? Correct. If that's what you're going to leave out here in the in where we see it, what the heck is going on back there? Get back. So you get on the consumer side of the table and you try to understand it from their perspective. Rather than trying to understand it from our perspective and saying, how do we take what we do and either A, make it better, or B, try to better serve the needs that we've identified. Notice who's identified that. We've identified. You say, time out. Break down the wall. Jump the other side of the wall. And, and the, the really fascinating thing about this is, there's this wall between us, and, and the users are over there saying, I, I wonder what the folks in, in, in building services and in purchasing and in finance want. And the people in finance are over there sitting there saying, I wonder what, I wonder what the people in, in the services area can, I wonder in environmental services can do for us. Nobody's freaking talking to each other. Well, right? Yeah. Whereas if, now, if you're going to wait for them to come the other side of the table, you're going to wait a long time. Well, that's what we've been doing, and it hasn't ever happened. So now we've got to start telling people, you got to get on the user side of the table, identify the jobs they're really asking you. And by the way, the jobs fall into one of those three areas, okay? And that's the thing we that's the other thing we haven't identified. There's the functional area. Well, I want a clean space. I don't want there to be any germs in the room. All right, we, we can do that, and there's ways of measuring that, all right? Right. But then there's an emotional dimension to every job. How do they feel about it? You know, I can go through, I can clean it. I, I might be able to come through and tell you that this marble top here is completely germ-free. Right? I am not going to believe you until you can prove that to me. Okay? I can tell you that. I might even put a sign on it that says, right, sanitized for your protection. Yeah. But if you come up and all you have to do is see a little thin layer of dust, or if I run my fingertips across this and I can feel a little thin layer of dust, do you believe me? Nope. You don't feel it. Even though you've said it to me, even though I've watched the cleaning people come through and clean this, I just did that emotionally. I don't feel it. So there's the functional aspect, there's the emotional aspect, and then there's the social aspect of the job, right. which is how do we collectively, and now I've got to talk to you about, so what's important to you? What matters to you? Well, what matters to me is i got to get customers coming back to my restaurant. Yeah, I think this is the big thing that we've heard over the last decade is the new generation. We've talked generational yeah. issues before, Aaron, yeah. and, and I think you bring up some good points about this, but I think this is where, you know, our generation and the generation that is now just starting in business have a difference of where we're at. They really the social aspect of it mm -hmm. is so much more impactful. It's not an afterthought, it's the thought. Right. And I think what COVID has done right now is we lost all the social for the last year. Right. Right. And so our generation is missing the social right. and understanding how important it is. I think there's also going to be a difference 
in that between the two generations, and I know I'm sure. using the two big spans right here, but sure. I, I think this social awareness issue as we move forward in the next uh, couple of years uh, is going to make a big difference. So, folks, we could talk about this all day, and you probably are tired of listening to us for today, but you need to come to the master's program. We'll throw all the links and all of the little things for you. I know that we've got three of them. I believe it's uh, August, October, and December for the three different dates this fall. And well, I guess December's for some people winter, but I'm in Florida, so it's. How do you tell much. what the seasons are? Yeah. I, I can't tell what the seasons are. I know what the month is, but I don't know what the seasons are anymore. Aaron, let's tell them before you leave how they can get a hold of you if they want to talk to you between now and then. But kind of sum up what you feel is going to be your big role in this program for these folks. Sure. My biggest role is to try to give you some of the tools and some of the uh, thought processes that will help you bring about meaningful change in the organization by getting people to adopt the best practices, not just the right practices, but the best right practices to be able to create the type of environment that the organization in the future, and today, by the way, today and in the future, I should say, has, is, has got to have because we have changed. And we start, we start from, from, you know, Dave, you talked about generations, you know, you and I are more functional. Right? If you talk about those three things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're not on that. On, on long, the... long as you do the functional side, we think everything's good. Yeah, right? right? Yeah. What we're going to talk more about is going to be that emotional and the social aspect. Because at the end of the day, that's why people change their behavior. It's not because of all the technical stuff we can throw at them, all the detail, all the facts and figures. They change their behavior because of the way they feel or the way they think others feel. And that's the part that you've got to understand if you're going to be successful driving change. It's not enough to know what to do. You have to know why you're doing it and be able to communicate that in such a way that people are willing to come along through that journey. I, that's what I, I, I was just thinking in my head, I was going to, if you weren't going to say journey, I was going to, because that's what this is. It's not a destination. It's, it's always ongoing. It's, it's continually moving. I know we've used the word organic, but you know, it's always growing because every time you move to this place, then if you're a leader, you're moving it to another Correct. place. Correct. And it, it, it and it's ever changing. Correct. I guess that's why I really love what we do now at the academy is because I love the fact that when people come in, they think they know a lot, and when they leave, they're like, man. And and the thing is, is I'm not the one that did it. I may have imparted the information. But they're the ones that started developing the change in themselves. They're the ones that realize that. So, folks, we really hope you come to the master's program. If you haven't taken the technician or the expert, get with us. You can get those out of your way because you kind of got to come along the journey to understand where we're going to be at when you come to the master. You can't just come to the master if you've not been through the others because you wouldn't really freaking have any idea what we're talking about because it is a lot of change. That's what we're here for. Folks, we thank you for listening today. We didn't do a live podcast because they're well. We're not kind of set up for it today. But this will be on our podcast. It will also be on our YouTube. 
please join us on any one of those. We're always looking for people like Aaron to come and talk with us. Um, Aaron tries to be on every month, but we don't quite always get it, but, you know, hey, we're there. Um, academyofcleaning.com, you can find the master's program there. Uh, look on our YouTube channel, you know, uh, the Academy of Cleaning. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. You know all the social media places, folks. Aaron, any, uh, uh, how do they get hold of you between now and Masters? Sure, between now and the Masters program, you can email me anytime at aab at bradley.edu. That's alpha alpha bravo, aab at bradley.edu, which is where I normally hang out as a university professor. Uh, and I've also got a phone number there, 309. 677-2273. I'm not often in the office these days, especially with all of the COVID protocols, but I do check my voicemails, and if you want to get hold of me and prefer to talk that way, let me know. I'll be happy to, happy to visit with you. So folks, whatever you do between now and the next time you listen to us, make sure that it is healthy, positive, and proactive. Thanks for watching. Make sure you catch us on another episode. Thanks, Aaron. Pleasure. Always shaking hand to hand. I know. I know. Now I'm gonna have to go sanitize. Yeah. Right. <laughs>